When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Hello, welcome back to the Mask Arts, the Manchester United Tactical Podcast. I'm your host, Haydar Rabani, and I'm joined by Rob Blanchett as always. Guys, make sure you give us a follow on at TF Masterclass. Give myself a follow at Haydar underscore Rabani. Give Rob a follow on at underscore Rob underscore B. Rob, 1-1 at Chelsea, Champions of Europe. I thought the first half wasn't particularly good. Jaden Sancho got his first goal, so that's a positive. But that second half genuinely was one of my favourite... I'll say that 20 to 25-minute spell after halftime was one of my favourite performances this season in a long time a little glimpse into the gagan pressing that we're going to see under ralph ranick there are signs to be positive aren't there very much so i loved the whole 90 minutes of it why did i love it because even 20 minutes before i was still loving it looking at the system looking at the shape looking at where players were going to play playing a system that we will now play going forward progressively week after week after week playing good football. Now, I know we look at this, you say in the first half, it might have looked a little bit messy, and it did. But Man United have never played a 4-3-3, 4-9, ever. I can't remember when United have played the system. But this is Ranić's system. This was Ranić's first game in charge. I know Carrick was taking it, but this was had all of the fingerprints of the German absolutely all over it. I loved it. I loved it because United were competitive for 90 minutes. They fought, they pressed, they set traps. They got forward. You know, it wasn't the most free-flowing football, but this is what it's all about. When Jaden Sancho got that ball and ran the length of the pitch with, with Rashford together, I was like, this is what it's all about. Win the ball high up and run and get it and put it in the back of the net. It's not the most cultured football, but this is what Gagan pressing teams play, and it can be really massively effective. 
Absolutely. I mean, there's a comment here from Doro saying, actually disappointed in the draw. I was quite disappointed. I felt like, although Chelsea dominated the first half for me, Rob, let's let's talk about the setup first, but we'll talk about it because we both differ on the first half. You know, I messaged you saying, oh, I wasn't particularly happy with the first half. You're really happy with it. But the setup, 4-3-3, we saw the big news, Cristiano Ronaldo on the bench. We'll talk about him in more detail. Bruno Fernandes at, in the number nine, uh, false nine position. You had... Uh, the back four, three in midfield, and Matic, Fred, and McTominay. What were your thoughts on that? Because I looked at it straight away. I thought, right, you may not. They're going to press. They're going to be more fluid. They're going to work harder off the ball. They're going to try and, uh, you know, try and implement the Gagan press. So, you know, the counter press, for example, you know, when the ball goes onto the left-hand side, Tellez would push up. They'd swarm almost, wouldn't they? First half, I didn't see us doing that as well. Second half, we did that. But all in all, you know, for me, it was a case of Ronaldo was probably dropped for this system. Carrick probably was on the blower to Ranić saying, you know, this is what we're going to do today. And we've been saying Bruno Fernandes is a false nine. I thought he was poor on the ball, but out of possession, I thought that front three did really well today. Yeah. And do you know what? I've been calling for it on the show for a long time, but you put the team before individuals. So I'm not really bothered about whether Bruno played well today or Rashford individually or Sancho or Ronaldo came on and did anything. It's about the system and did the system work? The system worked from minute one. It did. It worked. It put Chelsea off. Chelsea couldn't do the things that they wanted to do. And Chelsea had the most of the game. Let's be honest. Chelsea were probably the better team on the day over the 90 minutes. But this is a Manchester United team coming from a completely different place, Haydar. You know, this is a Manchester United team that have had no tactics all season long and are now really having to reboot their season. So when they took the kickoff at the start of the game, for me, that was the start of a new season. This is the beginning. So after 45 minutes, I was just happy to see United press, to work hard, to have a plan and to have a shape. And that 4-3-3, considering that they've never played it before, I thought in the first 45 minutes they did it okay. A little bit messy, but when you've got three midfielders behind three forwards and they've never done that kind of meshing before, setting traps, which is something that you have to practice a lot, weeks and months to kind of get correct. The fact that they did set traps and they did win the ball high up Chelsea didn't play through midfield at all. Chelsea really struggled. Once Chelsea did get on the back line, then you were a bit worried about Lindelof, a little bit worried about Baye, a little bit worried about Tellez. Aaron Wambasaka needs to find a brain and attach it in his head somewhere so actually play football. But he wasn't the only one in that situation at times making mistakes. But overall, this was all about Ranić. Yeah, you just said that Carrick ran Ranić. I don't think so. Ranić ran Carrick and said, this is my football. I want to see it. And this is what I want you to do. And it's like managing the team on a training ground, but I've never actually visited the training ground yet. It was pure, pure Ranić. And I'm excited. Like you can see it maybe in the way I'm talking because I'm so, so bored of seeing 4-2-3-1 not work. And I've seen other systems, 4-5-1. We've talked about three at the back until we're blue in the face. Those systems have not worked for Manchester United. I really do think this 4-3-3, I think they stumbled over something today. I think Bruno's a false nine. I see in the comments there people saying, Rob, you've been calling for it for a year. Absolutely. Bruno Fernandes has to start as a false nine of this team. And that means, unfortunately, everyone's boy Ronaldo, he can't start. So they made that decision today. And I think it paid off. Yeah, I think it paid off as well, uh, Rob. There's a good, good comment here. And I do want to give... Fred some appreciation because I thought Fred was fantastic today. We saw Fred do the things that we want to see Fred do. I mean, look, at the end, <laughs> if he if he got that correctly at the end, you know, and actually giving it to, I think it was, was it Bruno or Ronaldo? We could be sitting here Lingard. talking about Manchester United. Lingard, yeah, a 2-1 victory. But uh, 
he was he was fantastic. And something that I did like about Fred though is the way he was winning the ball back. They all they all were in midfield, you know. Matic was providing the sort of the anchor, and then you had McTominay and Fred who were working hard. And the, the issue for me in that first half was United were abysmal in position in possession. It's not something that we've said. It was something we've said continuously this uh, this season. But once they got that goal. And Jaden Sancho, I want to talk about him today. I want to talk about that goal specifically because you saw the way that Sancho and Rashford chased up. And, and if you work hard and you gamble like they did on Jorginho, you get rewarded. And I absolutely love that goal. Sancho with a beautiful feet, finishing to the bottom corner, running to the United fans in the away end. It's fantastic. Jaden Sancho and Marcus Rashford are very, very key. Those two wide men in the system are very, very key to, I mean, they're that first line of press, aren't they? If they don't work hard, and we saw when Ronaldo came on that there was a dip in that, they don't work hard, this whole system goes to pot. Yeah, and it's important to understand what gegenpressing pressing is, what counter-pressing is, because it is not your two banks of three. It's not really two waves. So it's not like the first three go and the next three go. It doesn't work like that. It's setting traps. So it's making sure that if you want to exploit the left back, that you set the trap in the middle, you make the, you make the ball go that way. And then you trap through midfield. So that's why it changes week to week to week. The best team that do it is Liverpool. Liverpool do it week after week. And what you saw today was Manchester United doing their best Liverpool impression. So that three and a three at the front was all about how do you trap? I've seen here as well people saying, oh, Bruno wasn't very good on the ball. He was dropping deep, et cetera, et cetera. No, in the press and in the trap, he was doing his job. He was there to try and make sure that that ball was going to certain players. And then making Chelsea either go long, which they did now and then, but that doesn't help Chelsea, certainly not with Lukaku not on the pitch. But it made Chelsea alter their game plan. And Tuchel said at the start of the, of, uh, the, um, the day, he said, oh, it looks like Bruno Fernandes might be a full line, but I'm not going to preempt that. Well, he knew what that meant. And that meant that his team were going to have a lot less time on the ball. Man United, one of their big issues this year is they give teams hours on the ball. That's what they do. They sit off. They don't press. They jog. I think you saw today as well with Marcus and we saw with Jaden with the goal. It was fantastic. But you saw that they've not started games. Their fitness levels are not quite up here yet. So it's hard to play game press. It's hard to do that, to be on the front foot all the time. But I'll tell you what, in weeks to come, when they've trained under Ranić for two, three, four, five weeks, this team is going to be really aggressive. It's going to be on the opposition. And I think if United get the ball in what you call in basketball, the midcourt, so I'm talking the halfway line, if you get it on the midcourt, you only need one pass and you're in. Like we just said there, if Fred uses his brain in that 87th minute and just slides Lingard in, it's an open shot on the penalty spot. You win the game 2-1. And we're talking about something completely different here. So I feel as good as if Man United won today because I've suddenly saw intentions. We've not seen these intentions from this Manchester United team before. It's important to differentiate. And I've seen people, um, you know, comment on Twitter, where did you see the Gagan press? And that's that's the thing. I think people are mixing up a pressing, you know, to, to uh, first wave and second wave press with the Gagan press. So, you know, let's yeah. talk about that. Let's talk about some of the traps, Rob, because, you know, Carmen's mm -hmm. got a good comment here. We took the cent central midfielder out of the game, pushed them wide. They were not good. Yeah. Chelsea's strength is in those wide areas, isn't it? Reese James hardly got sniffed today. Um, you saw Alonso didn't really as well. What Manchester United did well, and the differentiation between that you know, first and second way press and the Gagan press is that they swarm to that, you know, that left-hand side, for example, or the right-hand side, the fullbacks have to push up and they're basically trying to get them to pass the ball into the midfielder and then they're trying to cut the ball out and then they go for goals. So that's differentiation. So let's talk about that a little bit. 
Yes, yeah, so counter pressing is about forcing your opponent to do something your opponent doesn't want to do. So if Chelsea set up against a Man United 4-2-3-1, what are they going to do? Well, you know that Reese James is going to bomb forward. He's going to probably get no opposition until he gets to the penalty box. You're going to see that Alonso will play on the front foot. So then what do United do? Well, they counter that by playing a low block. I had people tweeting me. I've seen there saying United played a low block. United did not play a low block today. It wasn't a low block. So in the bottom, at the end of the game, yes, they were sitting deep. They were trying to soak stuff up to make sure they didn't lose the game or lose another goal. But the intention from the start of the game was to set traps. So some of the traps worked. Uh, it mostly worked, I think, on the right-hand side where Sancho was. I think Rashford was jogging a little bit too much at times, maybe not quite mentally the kind of triggered into to doing his job. But I'm sure that's fine, that that will, that will improve as Ranjit comes in and teaches this. But it's something that you have to be mentally switched onto and physically. And the whole thing with gagging pressing is that it, it's it's quite a vague term, you know, is what what is a press? Well, like we just said there, it's not that kind of all-encompassing six people just running forward, which I think is what United fans have seen before from United. Right. So maybe think about Man City, where we've played See, them. Yeah. We've played high lines. That's what it is. Your front line goes high, your second, your second wave goes high, and you crowd the space. You don't allow them to play that Cruyffism football from out of the back. You, you affect their game plan. With Chelsea, Chelsea are kind of a Gagan pressing team. That's what it is. So United matched them pound for pound. But I think in terms of pressing today, Chelsea were poor. United were good. United were good with the press. And Chelsea didn't really know how to kind of work around it. So they weren't winning the ball in midfield. Like just saying there, Scott McTominay was man of the match. The reason why he was man of the match was because he was the guy winning that battle in the centre of the pitch. You do not have to be a beautiful ball player to play the counter press. What you have to do is be energetic, meet the ball, win the ball and get the ball off quickly. I thought Matic did that well today. You know, he's like little flicks and kicks in the middle of the pitch and running in little dribbles. And I thought, it's not what we're used to seeing with Matic, but it shows that if a player is given a task, if they can mentally work it out, then it can work. And I think Ranier, when he comes into the club, he'll be able to teach a lot of this stuff very, very quickly. It's what Michael Carrick said last week about players taking on new ideas and suddenly just the communication works and the ideas then translate into tactics. Rob, let's move on to Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo started on the bench. Surprising selection by Michael Carrick. I sort of praised Carrick actually showing, you know, he showed he showed uh, the guts, the balls to do that, to be honest with you. You know, he did, uh, he dropped Cristiano Ronaldo. A lot of people saying, oh, you know, he's played a couple of games. Uh, he's 36 years old. But I saw it as a tactical decision today. We saw Ronaldo come on. I was quite surprised that Ronaldo did come on. I wasn't, if that makes sense. I was surprised because I didn't think there was any need for him really to come on. United lost a lot of energy when he came on. I felt like United lost a lot of energy when, when Sancho came off, even when Rashford came off as well. I mean, look, they they were, they were looked tired as well. Yeah, they had to go. They yeah. had to come off. But you did lose. You did see that step down, didn't you, from energy-wise? when You lost did. a bit, definitely. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's... That Chelsea grew into the game after that. But Cristiano Ronaldo, the question really is, can he... Can he play in this system? That we don't know yet. I'm going to say that we don't know because Ranić hasn't come in. He hasn't coached his side. I'm sure Ranić, a coach who's of his ilk, is going to be able to find a solution. But what you did see today, though, is that front three works so so hard, and Ronaldo isn't going to put that level of work that those three that those three do. If Ranić comes in and plays a four-four-two diamond, which he has done before, or even a four-five-one, where 
the striker can sit in the shape a little bit more. And in a 4-2 diamond, he has a partner, so someone like Cavani, then I think Ronaldo can play. What you're not going to see is Ranić change his systems for Ronaldo. So he's not going to say against Chelsea, who play this kind of high press themselves, oh yeah, I just got to fit Ronaldo in, so I'm going to have a system around Ronaldo. He won't do that. He's going to say, I'm going to pick the right system for football, for footballing terms. And that's what I want. It's what I've been crying out for, a manager to do that. I backed Ole all the way, yeah. But once Ole this season started to not really pick his systems on football and was picking them on individuals, so, you know, Bruno looking at, obviously, Ronaldo as well, that's all well and good because Ronaldo's the, the Don, the guy, the icon. But like today, Haydar, you can't pick it just so Ronaldo's the guy that is on the end of the stick, you know, when you actually get the ball into the box. If United had played Ronaldo today and played 4-2-3-1, they'd have had two shots on target and they'd have lost 3-0. That's what would have happened. So systems do look after the result, you know, and I think that's the way when United played it, that it took Chelsea 45 minutes to work it out, first and foremost. And the next 45 minutes, Chelsea were trying to be more offensive, but that then was leaving spaces. That helped Fred McTominay win the ball you know, in better areas. And of course, the, the goal is pure counter-attack, isn't it? You win, you come out fast, you expose Jorginho, who wants an extra touch on the ball. He knows there's two coming at him. So he actually understands he has to control that ball well and move it along. What's he do? He miscontrols it. You're away. You're in. You score a goal. So I think the tactics and the strategy were really, really good today. And that's something that United haven't executed all season long. I think Villarreal as well, when they beat them, tactics and strategy were good. So another uptick for Michael Carrick. And I think it shows that Michael Carrick will be able to operate with Ralph Raniak pretty well. You know, I think he's an expansive mind. And maybe, 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 maybe it was Oleg and the Solskjaer that was holding back the kind of football that Michael Carrick would like to see played. Rob, it was reported in The Athletic, actually. I was going to bring up this point because there's a lot of fans. We're going to talk about the fan base right now as well, Rob, uh, you know, as, as the last topic on today's podcast. Guys, as always, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button and uh, get any questions that you have in, any tactical questions, we'll look to answer them today. But Rob, that is something that did come out in The Athletic, that Kieran McKenna and Michael Carrick did want to play at three at the back and he would, he, they were overruled by Lugan Solskjaer and Mike Phelan uh, purely because of the fact, obviously, that they... The coaches, McKenna and Carrick, they wanted to play that because of the midfield situation. But I see a lot of fans say, oh, get McKenna, get Carrick out. I have absolutely, honestly, I think feelings should go, but I have no issue with those two young coaches being in the coaching setup as long as they're with someone like Aranjic. They're not there running the training sessions like, like, like they were under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. McKenna is very, very highly rated, but he's also very experienced. Michael Carrick as well, very inexperienced. But both Carrick has shown, hasn't he, that he has got something about him. He has got some tactical now. He does know how to set up a team uh, and have a bit of structure and have some balance. So let's talk about that a little bit because there's a lot of lot of fans just like to rip it out, get them all out. They're all rubbish. But actually, we're seeing in the last two or three games that Manchester United do have a strategy, like you said, and, and they're not useless, are they? Well, Michael Carrick's been a coach for five years. So it's not like he's, he's a newborn baby who's been doing it two minutes. So he's done all his studying. He's done all his work. He worked under Mourinho. Mourinho's highly um, uh, complimentary of Carrick's tactical acumen. So it's about if the guy can go and do it with the new guy. So it's up to Ranić, isn't it? That I'm happy to not really comment on that stuff. I'm I'm all right. If you're going to say to someone like Ranić, come in for two and a half years and fix these things, leave it up to him. 
It's not up to fans, not up to us. We're not on the training pitch. It's up to Ranić to go, yeah, that guy fits my philosophy and that's all good. It's a little bit like the Pochettino Ten Hag question. People are already getting upset. The guys who will love Ten Hag are getting really upset because it's looking like he's not going to pick Ten Hag because Ten Hag is a Cruyffism coach. You know, possession football in the other half of the pitch doesn't really play a high press. Can go up the pitch, but doesn't play that gegenpressing style, doesn't set traps. People are getting upset already. You've not even seen Ralph Rangnick yet. Not even seen him in the United dugout. Calm down. Wait until you see some of it. So I think today that even though the, the manager wasn't there, we've, we we just saw the kind of a snippet, didn't we, of what what could this be like in the weeks of he- weeks ahead, and who is going to benefit in those systems? So I think I think that's the other side of it. Is that today you got to remember United had three of the back four out. Yeah, they're three of the back four out, and they changed their main striker up top who is the the only guy who scored goals this season. And they very nearly beat Chelsea. And they would have beaten Chelsea by merit. I think if you'd scored that goal right at the end, that all the tactics, all of the system would have been 100% justified. I'm interested reading the comments as they flip through. I don't generally read them as I'm talking to you. I know like Hayda asked me questions or this, but it's interesting to see how people see tactics on a football pitch differently. Some people don't see the press or some people might only look at one or two or three players and think, What's that player doing? You saw today how those two guys that have played the double pivot all season long and since the start of time, you know, McFred, do different things in a 4-3-3. Most United fans don't believe that those two guys can do that job. And today they showed that they could. So it doesn't mean they're the greatest. doesn't mean that they're world-class. They're certainly not. You can go and get better midfielders than that. But they probably justified why they started over Donny van der Beek. And all I had at the start of the day was Donny van der Beek's not in the team. <laughs> I'm sick of all that. It's got to be about Man United. And I trust this new coach to come in and implement a good new way for Manchester United. It's like this comment here, Rob. You know, the, the narratives got, that go around in the fan base here, shiver narratives of players throwing Oli under the bus is still doing the rounds on Twitter. It's just silly things like that. You're, you're absolutely spot on about the Ten Hag thing. You know, we put out a video today, didn't we, of Ten Hag? And we, if you guys haven't checked it out as well, we had Karen Tejuani, who wrote Wings of Change. Definitely check that out, guys. If you want to learn more about the Red Bull model, some of Ranić's principles, what he'll bring to Manchester United. I mean, Karen is, I mean, he's very, very knowledgeable. He's written a book on it. So please do check that out. But Rob, something that, you know, we released a video saying that Karen said that he reckons Pochettino's a better fit after than Ten Hag. And just the, the uproar and the just the neuroticism that always happens. And this is the issue as well. The new manager hasn't come in through the door. But when we're looking at this as well, I just, I'll tell you what I want to see. I want to see, I don't care which what the personnel is. As long as Manchester United are solid, they have a plan, they have a strategy, they work as a unit, they work hard, they win football matches. So at the end of the day, if the midfield is Fred, McTominay, Matic, it won't be going forward. We need to upgrade. There, there does need to be some quality in there. But if that is the midfield that wins Manchester United matches, why does it matter? As, it doesn't as matter. Is it, why, doesn't matter. Is it, you know, why, but why does the fan base have to get so, so upset and annoyed about it? It just doesn't make sense. And then even today, Rob, look, I, me and you both disagree. First off, I thought Manchester United were shocking on the ball. You really enjoyed it, but I thought off the, you know, off the ball in terms of the pressing, I could see what United wanted to do. I could see something different. People just saying how rubbish this is, and it's just like it's either one extreme or another. You know, as a fan base, we just need to maybe be a bit patient. A new manager is coming in. It's going to take a bit of time to implement this with the players. These aren't bad players. I mean, there's a great comment here from Alan saying that uh, that was the first time in a long time. Uh, that he thought the midfield 
outplayed their opponents, especially yeah. given it was three of the most disliked midfielders according yeah, to many absolutely. fans. And he yeah. has another great comment here, Alan, saying it's been very interesting how the fringe players, Eric Bailly, for example, who was fantastic today, Rob, I thought, had a really good game. Sancho, Van der Beek, Matic, Tellez, Lingard have given very solid starts and or energetic cameos in the last two games. The problem is that if a, player, if a fan doesn't have the player that they want or the manager that they want, they just throw their toys out the pram. It's just silly and it's, it's childish. Yeah, like, again, I know I've given um, a million NBA analogies over the years uh, doing my my work in football, but I'm going to give you one more. And that is that basketball is based on superstars and football has gone that way. So you get, obviously, United, a lot of people now watch United for what reason? Because of Ronaldo. They love Ronaldo, so they've got to watch Man United. They might never have watched Man United before, but if they're going to tune in today, they don't want to see a 30-minute cameo from their superstar hero. So that drives traffic. That gets people upset and wound up on one thing or another. One, I, I saw one person tweet me earlier on, uh, just a quick tweet as it went through, and said, you can't drop Ronaldo. You just can't. He's He's... He's the best player. You can't drop him. So if we operate on that premise forever, Man United are going to get relegated because that's how bad they've been this year. They've actually been in relegation form, haven't they? Kind of almost bottom five in terms of their stats and their performances. You've got to change that. You've got to make progressive changes. Now, the problem for Ranić is that he's coming in to a team that's played dysfunctional football now for a period of time, but have been forced to play it. And what I mean by that is that if you bring Ronaldo in, the Glazers are going to say, play Ronaldo. That's what the Glazers want. That's their cash cow. Put it, put him the shirt on him and play him because that's what we want. What the Glazers have realised, I think, now in the last few weeks is that that doesn't work. It makes your football project fundamentally broken and you have to find another way. So it's not a surprise to me. Well, it is a little bit of a surprise, but it's not a surprise deep down that today they dropped Ronaldo for this kind of game. Because if you play 4 2 3 1 or something like that with Ronaldo, you probably lose. You know, it doesn't matter if Ronaldo scores or looks good or scores a hat trick, you probably still lose the game. And that's what it's about. So I think that that Ranić, it, it won't be perfect when he comes in. Like we're going to see lots of hiccups. We might see defeats. We might see issues. And you just said there, you didn't enjoy the first half. I enjoyed it simply because of the intention. If we'd lost 3-0 today, I still would have enjoyed it. If we'd got that performance out of them and that intention, I would go, do you know what? It's the right direction. No matter what, I can take the defeat. I'm a grown man. I'm all right with it. I can get on with my life. But that's how it goes. Do you know what I mean? It's like results are important. But what is much more important now is that Man United find an identity. And we haven't had one for too, too long. And Ranić, hopefully, he's not coming in for six months. I really, really hope he's going to be with us for six years or longer. Let's let him have this project. Let Make it like he did with Red Bull and find a new way for United. Rob, sort of a final word. I'm going to bring up this question here. You know, it's about Maguire. Is Maguire a good candidate for the press when he's back? I kind of want to bring up something which I've taken from this game. This is my final word about today. And it is that uh, Ranić won't be scared to drop the big names. Ronaldo didn't play today. Look, we're talking about... That's why I brought Maguire into this. We're talking about Maguire. Maguire's been poor all season. I don't think Ranić would be scared to drop him. You know, you might see Victor Lindelof play a bit more. You might see Eric Bailly play a bit more. We've got Rafa Varane still to come back. That's what I've taken away that what this manager will do when he comes in is that he will pick the best players for that system that will do the job and it will benefit the team. And I think that's what Man United fans now need to take for going forward because 
for too long, we've had a team of individuals, a team of stars, a team of Galacticos. And that's that's to do with the people upstairs, Rob. That's to do with the owners. Yeah. It's to do with Ed Woodward. But now, finally, I think we're going to be going towards a footballing project. You know, football is important. I'm excited. I really am excited. And I think that while Man United might lose next week against Arsenal, I don't expect it to be plain sailing. To get these guys gegen pressing is going to be tough. It's not going to be easy without a preseason. But I'm excited. And I think that there is definitely cause to be optimistic. Right. Firstly, if we see that system again, the 4 3 3 false nine system that we saw today at Chelsea, if Maguire is fit, if Varane is fit, and if Shaw is fit, they all play. They all will play that system better than the players that were in there today. A hundred percent. Because it's not about, when you say about pressing, it's about the line. So Maguire loves to play a high line. It's his favourite style of football. Get the ball on a halfway line and break into the space. That's what he wants to do. Luke Shaw's favourite uh, 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 way of playing is playing high up the pitch. No issues. Varane, of course, is then going to be your screener, someone that can look after the ball in those areas. So those three start fundamentally 100%. Then your choice is to play either Bruno Fernandes as a false nine or Donny van der Beek as a false nine. You're going to have to play an attacking midfielder in there. You might have to play Jaden Sancho in there. He would happily play a false nine system. And then that allows you to bring in maybe someone like um, Greenwood on the right-hand side and keep Rashford on the left. So you finally might see that system that I talked about at the start of the season, about the three guys at the top. So I feel good about all of that. Today shows me that that's what the intention will be. I'm not interested if Ronaldo plays or doesn't play. I'm really not. If Ronaldo plays and does the system and does the work, cheers, Cristiano. That's all you know, All I care about is that the work gets done. And that's really, I think, how United fans have to think now. He's still, Rob, he's still going to co contribute. Like the comment says here, there's loads of games to come he's, up. He'll he's going to contribute. But like you said there, why did he come on today? I'm sure the conversation would have gone along the lines of, Cristiano, you're not starting today, but we'll definitely give you half an hour. So they gave him half an hour. And I thought in that half an hour, he was just pointless. He didn't do anything in terms of that press. The energy level was completely dropped up top. Now, that's also understandable for the team because the team is tired at that point and counter-pressing is a difficult system to play. But I think Ronaldo will only start games when they play a 4-4-2 diamond. So he's got Cavani doing that work with him at the top or someone like that or maybe Greenwood. So in a 4-3-3, I do not really see Ronaldo starting. But I do also think that Ranić will find ways around that if Ronaldo is giving him cutting-edge service in the final third, you saw today, I think United didn't really... Like, once or 20 minutes ago, all of that kind of play on the edge of their box broke down. Like United were not getting the ball in those areas anymore. It's because they weren't pushing high up the pitch and setting any traps. Ronaldo finds it hard to set traps. It's just not his game. It's not, he's not into it. So if Ranić can sort that out with Cristiano, and I'm sure they'll sit down and have a big long chat about it and a cup of tea, then great. But as it stands today, Ranić always talks about young players. He always talks about their fitness levels and about their willingness to learn. Can you teach an old dog new tricks? I think Cristiano just wants the ball at his feet in and around the box. That's what he wants because that's he's so good at it. Do you know what I mean? The best in the world at it, he scores goals. But you can't stand still and watch the play go by. If you do that, you see then that your midfield gets hurt. The three guys behind the attack are then scrambling. And I think we saw that towards the end that United got deeper and deeper and deeper. McTominay and uh, Matic were almost centre-backs. And then they were in a low block because they're, they're kind of panicking because they're not getting the ball in the right areas. And that was the end of that. But saying all of that, I thought we saw a load of really, really good stuff today. Um, maybe a bit messy at times, 
But I hope that when the manager comes in, we'll see a lot more balance. And and I'm just crazy about the intent. I just saw loads of intent today from Man United. And we should have won that game. Fred passes that ball properly to Jesse. Jesse finishes that. And we're talking about a great 2-1 victory at the Champions of Europe and the team who are the best team in the Premier League at the moment. I think we could have uh, we could have really nicked this today and we would have deserved it. Considering where we've been the last, what, season well sorry three months or so of the season i think that's a really good i think that's a really good result for us and it's something to build upon rob i mean you got anything to to say before we just, wrap up just one more on that comment i've seen the comments there about Maguire, and i just we've got to dispel all of this kind of strange allure around certain players you know is that your center back doesn't press he just holds the line he's not pressing anyone he's not that's not how united are going to play united are going to press from the top and then the midfield are going to set traps. So it's about the defenders man marking or keeping the keeping the the forwards in front of them. Maguire will do that all day long. Like Maguire's had a bad season, but he's not a bad footballer. You know, this is the whole thing. Now it's about making sure that you get the most out of him. And what you will see is that when Maguire gets the ball, he will drive into the midfield. He'll almost play like a midfielder as a defensive midfielder for Ranić, and that will suit Harry Maguire down to the ground. Just wait and see, guys. That's what I'm just going to say. Don't start guessing and thinking this out or the other, or you love this player, or like there's people who love Baye. Oh, Baye's, you know, my guy, and I want to see him play more. Just wait. Let's see what happens though in these next few games, and we'll see if they can play Ranić football. I think a few of them will be able to. Absolutely, positivity, Rob. I'm looking forward to hundred uh... percent. What's, what's in store? But look, guys, thanks so much for joining us. As I mentioned during the podcast, do check out the interview I did with Karen Tejwani. It was absolutely fantastic. Great insight into uh, Ranik's academy, how he structures the academy. As Rob mentioned a little bit earlier, the young players, the reason why he chooses young players. He's got this formula as well, how he grades players. I mean, it's all, it's all nerdy stuff that we love here on the Masterclass. Make sure you give myself on at, uh, give us a follow on at TF Masterclass. Give myself on at Haydon score Rabani. And give her a, Rob a follow on at underscore Rob underscore B. Have a lovely rest of the weekend and we'll see you all next time. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.